Pierce. Oh, he's kept it out! Pools are promoted! Harlepool are heading back to the Football League! Well, we are back. It's been about a month now since our last episode. I guess we'd just like to explain a little bit before we get into it all. And sometimes life comes in the way of things. You know, we've both had different commitments, different times when games have fallen that we've been watching the lads around the country or whatever. And, you know, there's different commitments personally with work and and studying and things. But now that's out the way, let's get stuck straight into this by looking back on what you could arguably say has been quite a successful month for our boys in blue and white. If you look back at the fixtures, obviously it started off with that amazing day down in um, London watching the boys at Palace. We obviously lost 2-0, but a a game that I thought we we did match them. I thought, you know, despite the first couple of, you know, when the goals go in early on and that was disappointing. And I think it probably in the long run did cost us because I personally feel if, if we'd managed to hold on that little bit longer we could have maybe got something out of that obviously they scored and then we went up the other end Fergie had that header cleared off the line and I think as everyone said in the build-up to it after it it was just an occasion for us to enjoy how far we've come as a club in these last few years and I think every, everyone could see that couldn't they um, we, but then we came back into the league on the Tuesday beat Barra 3-1 um, Molyneux bagging two and Bogle starting his account which was great to see and he followed that up again at Crawley away which we got a second win of the season on the road with Bogle bagging the goal we came back to the Vic Tranmere 1-1-0 that was an own goal played well was solid um, then Sutton another draw um, for Pools in February but great to see Cross getting his goal and that was fantastic. You could see how much it meant to him on Twitter and at the game. So that was absolutely brilliant. And then a long, long trip once again down to Colchester. I know you went Davo. Um, Pulls turned it around from behind to carry on the amazing, you know, league form that we're in. Bogle grabbing yet another goal and great to see Fletcher, the lone man, also on target. And then Saturday things came back down to earth with a bit of a bump. Um the talk quickly gathered throughout the week that perhaps a playoff push is on the cards. And I think losing 3-1 to Walsall, who, you know, have got a new manager. So it's bound to be a tough game, despite them losing to inform Swindon 5-0 on a Tuesday. I always knew it was going to be a tough one. Pools went 2-0 down. Bogle once again grabs a goal. Um, but then a couple of minutes later, Walsall kind of killed the game off. So that was um, disappointing. But look, the month has been a successful month. If you if you go through those fixtures that I've just read, there's four wins in that. Um, you know, and that's that says a lot about our form at the minute. We're really on the up, I'd say. Um, there's player of the month talk, obviously, coming into a new month now, it being um March. We um put a tweet out quite short notice asking if anyone had any thoughts. And there's been a couple of contributors. Thank you to Ollie Wise and Daniel Hustler. He said, Daniel said, Bogle or Molyneux, Crawford close also. And then Ollie said, some would say Cross, but I'll have to go with Bogle. He's come in and scored some important goals already. And you can't argue with that. When we signed Bogle, I know there was a lot of hype. 
there was a lot of um you know announced promotion which you always get with with these types of signings i wasn't based on his current um and previous sorry goal record i wasn't 110% convinced i knew he was a good player i knew that he'd done stuff in the past but i was just wondering is he someone who's perhaps coming to league 2 just to get his match form back up and and maybe he'll he'll you know notch the odd goal but let's be honest about this he he's been absolutely fantastic he's proved me wrong um scoring key goals his hold up plays brilliant and it's just been fantastic to see him bag so many in um february you know he's bagged four goals which is brilliant four goals in seven games is exactly what we want and it it contributes to the whole output of the team so for me he has to be player of the month but as mentioned by you know, Ollie and, and uh, Daniel, there, there was another couple of options. Crofts has been quality, um, carrying on his, his recent form. And then Luke Molyneux, he's been fantastic as well. And there's, you know, you could you could name quite a few players from, from February, but I think it's safe to say that Omar Bogle takes the award um, from what people have said and what I've said. Davo, do you agree with that? And also just your thoughts on February? Uh, yeah, Pretty much agree with the the player of the month first and foremost. I think it was a a pretty much foregone conclusion. Um, he comes in in January and like you say, he's hit the ground running. Um, but like you say, I think it's important to say it's not just although it's an it's an important asset that he brings his goal scoring pedigree, but I think it's also important to compliment him on his all round game. Um, you've mentioned briefly about obviously his holder playing. Um, and, and other stuff like that, which I think is obviously vastly important. But overall, it's we've cried out. I, I can't remember how many times I've sat back over. I'm not. Even, I can't even name a time frame because it's been that long. But we've cried out for a striker of Omar Bogle's elk. I think for a very long time. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's had an amazing month, and you know, hopefully. You know, it's, a, it's going to be a very tough match, um, not just with the teams we're playing, but with the congestion of the fixtures as well. Hopefully, he can continue to provide for the for the team. Um, and, but in terms of February, um, some, some really important results there, like you've mentioned. But I think it's also important to mention as well that some of the performances have been absolutely unbelievable. Um, Barrow in the first half, I think, just epitomised or I hope it epitomises what Graham Lee is trying to set out to achieve at the football club. Um, some, some, that's a power. I think that's one way of describing it. Colchester away, I thought was a, it was a win. I think which obviously is important. But in terms of the performance, I thought at times it was scruffy. Um, Colchester, a team obviously were fighting for their lives down at the bottom of the league too. Something that we. I've had past experience about, uh, but I'm not going to dwell on it. At the end of the day, we won the game 2-1, but over, you know, Walsall just gone on Saturday, I thought was, I mean, I said to you and I've said to a few people as well, I think that's probably as bad as it's been under Graham Lee. Um, completely disjointed in the first half, completely unconnected. And overall, on a match basis, we were outdone by a big physical Walsall side. Um, 
obviously, like you said, just employed Michael Flynn, a man who we've both spoke admirably about when Pools were going through the process of trying to employ a new manager. We spoke in massive, massive admiration for Michael Flynn and said he could could have come here. Um, Obviously, going back to the game, though, obviously disappointing to see us throw away the game in in the way we did. We get ourselves back in the game, which it reignited the noise in the wind and it all, you could see on the pitch as well, the plays, there was a massive shift. All of a sudden, the boys were up for it and we could have potentially, the way we were playing, snatched a draw and who knows, maybe a win, but look, it's a, I know he's took a lot of stick since that, but you know, a little, you could see what he's trying to do. He gets it wrong and obviously it kills the game off five minutes later, but it is what it is. It's football and, Gary Little, experienced veteran in the game, he'll, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll dust himself down and he'll get himself right for, for Saturday. But yeah, overall, it's been a good month. You've spoken, obviously, I haven't spoken about Palace, but it was a great day out. Um, like you say, it was a bit of a shaky first half in that. Um, but the second half, like you say, we came out. You know, I think it was a bit of a shift in the formation, and, and yeah, we we gave them a a really good goal and. Can't wait now for a for it to all continue in March, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, as you say, it's a it's a sad way to end the month losing at Warsaw because I think the amount of playoff talk of a potential push that there was shows what a good month we have had. Um you know, you touched on Little there and it's disappointing that he's cost us a goal, but how many games this season, could we have potentially lost games because he's not intervened at the last minute and he's saved us? So when you kind of balance it all out, you've got to remember his age. You've got to remember what he's done for us this season as well. And everyone makes mistakes. Everyone's human. And there's plenty of times Timmy's made mistakes, but that's been forgotten this month with how incredible he's played and how solid he's been. So... You know, it's easy to pin something on a player when we've lost a game. And I'm not saying that it wasn't his fault that he's cost the goal and that he wasn't at his best on Saturday. But as you say, he'll dust himself down. He'll he'll come back and and he's got to because Burns serving his second game of a suspension um, when we we travel to Harrogate on Saturday. So little most likely will be covering again. And... We just got to get behind him. He'll know what he has to do. And as I've said, everyone makes these mistakes. Sometimes it costs goals. Sometimes we get away with it. Timmy made a mistake for Palace's second goal. Ever since then, he's been absolutely incredible the rest of the month. So, you know, it, it comes swings and roundabouts. It's football. These things happen. It's disappointing. But for me, a really positive month under Graham Lee. February was one that we really need to build on it and see where we can finish. If we can get that high, um, you know, mid table, just above mid table, I think that would be brilliant. And we will do if we, we push on from the form we we've just shown in the, in the past month. 
So just before we do head into the preview for Saturday, as is customary, Davo will be taking us through that. But let me just have a look through the fixtures and my hope for this month coming into March. And then perhaps you can give the listeners what you're thinking as well, Davo, um, before taking us through that preview for Saturday's trip to Yorkshire. So as stated, um, we start the month with a visit to Harrogate this coming Saturday. Then next Wednesday, we have a huge Papa John's Trophy semi-final in front of a 7,000 crowd at the Vic with Rotherham coming to town. That promises to be an absolutely incredible occasion. One step away from Wembley, he's hoping that the boys will get us, get us there. And this is followed by further two home games against Leighton Orient and Bradford City and then a trip to Newport County on Friday the 18th of March before the month ends at Northampton Town on the 26th of March. In terms of what I'm hoping for the month, just really carry on from February, not the Walsall game obviously, but um, just lads give it all, they're all every game. That's all we can ask as we always say. Hopefully a few more wins on the road and well wins wherever we can get them but it'd be great to see a couple of wins on the road and um you know as many points as possible it's going to be a tough month as you said earlier there's some tough games Rotherham top of league one um coming to the Vic next Wednesday as I said it one game away from Wembley I've never been to Wembley I've said I won't go until pools get there so I'm really hoping that they will deliver um whether I'm confident that it'll happen is a, is a different question because they're top of league one. They're absolutely flying, brilliant club. Um, but look, it's the cup. Anything can happen if we turn up. We've knocked teams out of league one championship this season. So why why can't we we do it once again? Obviously, hopefully get some, well, hopefully get some revenge against Newport, a team that are very solid again, pushing for the playoffs. I'm hopeful that when we make the long journey down there that we'll come away with something. Obviously, the last time that we went down there will have been the season that we got relegated out of the Football League. So, fingers crossed, we'll be ending um, the trip there with a more positive outcome. And then Northampton Town finished there on the 26th of March. So, Davo, as I've said, it's going to be a tough month. It always is in the, in the Football League. And... There's potential for us to book ourselves a Wembley trip as well. What are your hopes? Is it that we keep pushing on, that we, you know, perhaps sneak into that top half of the table? And, and then I'll let you take us through the preview for our trip to Harrogate on Saturday. Um, I think first and foremost for me, um, I think it's always a thing, isn't it? You always say like, you know, let's get to 50 points type thing. So, you know, we're on 44 points at the moment, so if we could get to 50 points this month, I think that would be absolutely excellent. Um, I know you spoke a, a little bit early on in the in the episode about this promotion push. A lot of people were were kind of getting excited with the way results were going and the way pools were kind of quite nicely working their way up the League 2 table. Um, I don't realistically think that's going to happen. I'm not being awful. I'm not being pessimistic. I'm not being miserable. I'm just being, like I say, I'm just being realistic. Mm -hmm. So I think first and foremost, it would be nice to see us get to 50 points. Um, some tough games. Um, um, you've just named them out. Um, Harrogate on Saturday. Um, they've been a, 
a tricky opponent for us in the last couple of years, especially at national league level. Um, rarely did well there, so it'd be nice to see us get a win for once at Harrogate. Um, in terms of home games in this month, Leighton Orient and Bradford, um, Leighton Orient this calendar year have took a massive dip in form. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they've sacked their manager, Kenny Jackers, in recent times due to this poor run they've been on. So it's a good opportunity for Pearls to get three points. Um, Bradford as well, who have just sacked and then re-employed a new manager in Mark Hughes, of all people. Um, it could well turn out to be an absolutely exceptional Appointment, not so much this season, just due to where they are, but maybe next season with the right backing and bringing in some good players. Bradford could be a team to watch out for next season. Um, away games, two two teams who were up there fighting for promotion, uh, Newport and Northampton. I think, you know, tough games. Um, I'd be happy for the boys just to turn up, give it their all and, you know, we'll see what happens there. And you have missed one game out. Funnily enough, we do play Mansfield at home on the 29th of March. Um, again, another huge game. Um, Mansfield are a team who are up there fighting for promotion. Um, they've had a massive run of results recently. So, again, I think as long as the boys just turn up, um, give it their all, you know, I, I can't be disappointed either way. And obviously, finally, I, I'm going to leave it I'm going to save the best to last. Obviously, you've mentioned, of course, the Papa John's semi-final. Um, like you say, that's going to be an extremely difficult game. Obviously, you've mentioned as well, we've had massive successes this season when it's come to playing and winning and, be- and beating teams above us in Leagues 1 and the Championship. So I'm hoping and praying we can continue in that in that rhythm. Like you say, they're a team who are top of League One. They don't score many in games, but they're not losing either. And they don't seem to have a, a tendency to um, to concede. So it, it's going to be tough. But again, I, I seem like a stuck record. But I think for me personally, as long as the boys turn up and give it 110%, I can't be disappointed. It w- Obviously, it would be... It would be guttering not to see Pools go all the way and get that that trip to Wembley that we've been crying out for, not just for the last couple of years, but in our, since our club's inception. It's never happened, so we've come this close. I'm hoping it happens, but look, let's just see what happens. Moving on to the preview for Saturday's game at Harrogate and Grim Lee and his team will make the shortest trip of the season when they travel the 61 miles to Harrogate Town. The hosts currently sit 14th in League 2, 10 points behind Swindon Town, who occupy that final playoff place. In terms of form, Harrogate have had a mixed bag of results over the last month or so. A week today, as of the recording of this episode, they beat Bradford City away 3-1. And over the weekend, just gone, they were held for a goalless draw at Barrow. Three potentially key players to watch out for on Saturday are midfielders Jack Diamond and George Thompson, with forwards and ex-Poli, of course, Luke Armstrong being the last. 
Finally, the town's top goal scorer this term is, funnily enough, Luke Armstrong with 11 goals and four assists in 34 outings this season. And just before um, we move on to the next segment, I will ask you, Jack, for a prediction. This is, like I've said in the last segment, this has been a tough place for us to go in recent years. Pools, I'm hoping, can change that. How are you feeling heading into this one? As you say, we always seem to struggle there. Um, we came back, didn't we? In October, that incredible game where we turned the match around, 2-0 down, 1-3-2. One of the best games I've been to to watch um, pulls. And I just hope that we bounce back and react to what happened last weekend. Um, I'll take a point. I'd be happy with a point at Harrogate. I know that there's obviously every everyone wants to win every game and some will be like, well, a reaction is winning at Harrogate, but it's a different ball game when we've been there in the past. We just haven't seemed to grasp how to beat them. I remember us going to that cup game. I think it was the FA Trophy maybe and we're 2-0 up and we lost 3-2 yep. and we always struggle there. So for me, a point would be a good point, 12.30 kickoff. I think Pools would have taken a lot more, but we won't get involved in that um, discussion about tickets. But yeah, I think let's go with a one-all draw. We'll, we'll take a one-all draw. I'd love, I'd love to get a win. I think it'd be a really, well, a statement of intent, to be honest, beating a team like Harrogate. I know they're further down in the league than us, but still... To go there when we struggle so much would and win would be fantastic. But yeah, one all for me. Don't know whether you think any differently. I mean, firstly, I was waiting to see if you were going to mention anything about that certain subject. But like you say, we won't talk about that. And if you do follow me on Twitter, then obviously I haven't made my feelings quite aware. Um, but in terms of the game, like you say, I want to see a reaction. However... I will say a reaction doesn't, like you say, doesn't necessarily go in there and mean means winning. Mm. I, I just mean a reaction in terms of the performance, just turning up and putting a shift in, which obviously we didn't do on Saturday. Like you say, it's going to be a tough game. I am going to back the boys. I think with the new recruitment as of the January window, I fancy ourselves in this game. So I am going to go for 2-1 pulls with well, obviously a goal coming from Omar Bogle. Of course, that's standard now, isn't it? Um, <laughs> scores the goals to get his promotion, as everyone knows. And um, whether that comes this season or next, we haven't um, put any claims onto that one. So, uh, yeah, I like the positivity from you. I must say that, fingers crossed, either a draw or win, I'll take that. But as you say, a reaction isn't necessarily three points and I think that's something really important to um, pull out of that one Mark first and foremost I hope you're keeping well but how positive was February for the lads I think it was very positive in the main if you look at the I think even more so away from home where we've really been uh, pretty pretty poor when you look at the away, away form over the, the month we've had a couple of draws one where we were down a 10 minute exeter um, a couple of good wins, so that's that's been a big turnaround in the in the away form. That's took some pressure off our 
our home results, but um, I think all in all, we've had a really good return. It's pretty much put on the verge of getting those magic 50 points. One man who has made quite an impact since signing in January is, of course, striker Omar Bogle. Four goals in seven games now. Did you think he would have had this much of an impact so early on in his Pills career? Um, probably not when you when you look at the lack of games, you know, the lack of game time. You would probably think when he came in, he would probably, you know, he, he'd probably build him up. He'd start a, start a game and maybe his next game, you know, come off the bench, build his fitness up. But he's he's just, as I say, gone straight into it, hit the ground running. Um, and like any sort of striker that you bring in, that's what you hope to happen. He's got the quality, he's got the pedigree. You just, with a lack of, lack of games, you just did wonder, but um, he's been exactly what we've been missing, hasn't he, in sort of four goals. Um, excellent return. Yeah, and Davo has said this as well, that it's not just his goals that he's contributed, it's been his hold-up play and his running at his man and things like that. I mean, at Exeter, obviously, um, I think that was one of his, his first outings and, and he looked not match fit. Um, which is expected due to the lack of games. And I said this as well, that this is why I was slightly worried about assigning him. Was it going to be get him up to speed and and then, you know, will he perform? But he, he has done and, and um, no one can question his performances recently. And as we've touched on earlier in the episode, it's going to be a big month for Pools with some tough fixtures in there for March. Are you confident we can make it a successful month? And also, are you daring to dream about that trip to Wembley? First of all, I'm daring to dream, but I certainly wasn't going to go down today and, you know, get anywhere near that trophy. I'll touch it when we win it. <laughs> you know, I'll get my photograph taken with it when we won it, but not before. Um, you know, however we're going to get that semi-final, even if we got something, I think all of them are going to be very difficult games. Mm. You don't get to this stage and get an easy one. So the advantage to us is it's at home. Um, it's 90 minutes and penalties. So for me, you, you've got to, you've, you know, it's a, it's a, it could be, it could be a once in a lifetime chance to get to Wembley, you know, mm. playoffs is the only option we've got. So for us, we've got to, We've got to go for it. We've got to go full strength. And we've got to give it everything we've got. And rather undoubtedly a tough team, but, you know, let's uh, let's look at that carrot at the uh, at the end of it and think, you know, that's your incentive to, to go out and win that game. And league, league form, well, we've got some tough games, but as I say, I think we're a couple of wins away from, from me, from me saying we're safe. Um, a few, a few, well, after the Harrogate game, we've got two back-to-back home games, um, some tricky games, Northampton, I think, and Newport County away. Mm. I think we can get a decent point return. I think, you know, if we if we come to the end of the season and we're, we're around about where we are now, um, with a potential, you know, dare to dream in the final, I think I think nobody could... I think nobody could complain. I think we've, we've probably over, you know, overachieved more than most would... would would have expected at the start of the season and consider we've had a managerial change in the middle of it. Before we do get your thoughts about this Saturday's trip to Harrogate, you know, um, after a couple of days to reflect, you know, we, we both made the trip to the Midlands to watch the game at Walsall. Firstly and foremost, how poor was Saturday and are you confident we can bounce back? Yeah, it, well, I think we both agree it was poor. Apart from 
the sort of time period just before we scored, we started to get into the game before Bogle got his goal. And at that point in time, I thought, well, it's 2 1. You've seen it many times. I thought, we're on top now. Momentum is with us. Um, unfortunately, one of the people you would not expect to make a mistake like that was Gary Little, and that killed us, really. That, that third goal killed us. Probably overall, we probably didn't deserve anything out of the game, but the, the chance was there. But we were, we, we were poor. I think the first half, you look at the two goals and allowing, allowing the, like the first one, allowing the guy to run through the midfield with not a tackle on him, free, when, you know, we all know in that situation, you want somebody to to win the ball or you want somebody to take one for the team, you know, take the yellow card if you have to. You don't let the guy run that length, that, that, that sort of length and put the ball in for a goal. So I think we were pretty poor in the first half. I think um, it, it, it sort of showed... Sort of showed that maybe he's, I don't I don't like to use the time because maybe it was a game too far with all the games. Um but maybe he's, some of the players like Sir Joe White, Isaac Fletcher, it was it, it gave them a bit of an eye opener on the physicality of this league because certainly midfield we were for most of that game we were second best. You know, we were getting beaten to the to the first ball, to the second ball and sort of out muscled. But Harrogate, well, I hope so. I hope we can bounce back. We haven't had a very good um, record at Harrogate. Um, it's been pretty like a bo- like a like a bit of a um, something, a bit of a bogey team. So I'm hoping, and I, I believe that we've got enough of enough in our team to go to Harrogate and at least at least come back with a point um, from that game, if not more. But I certainly believe we can avoid defeat at Harrogate. Um, we've just got to keep one or two of their players. That we, that we all know quiet, but yeah, I don't think there's any need for us to be for, to be overreacting after after the defeat as disappointing as it was. Yeah, well, you know what's going to come now. It, it wouldn't be a guest appearance without one. What are you thinking prediction wise for Saturday then? I'm probably going to go for a score draw. I'll, I'll go for a two-two draw. Perfect. Well, thank you once again, Mark, for coming on. I uh, really appreciate having your views and your thoughts once again. Thanks for that. Thanks for asking me. But yesterday, the Hartlepool Mail released an article saying Raj was had the headline reading, Raj is saddened and disappointed with the progress, or rather the lack of it, with the ground since signing the Memorium of Understanding. I'm just going to open up the article here and read a little bit to you. So he says he feels that we're chasing dreams and shadows seven months after the club and the Borough Council agreed to work together to redevelop the football ground and surrounding Millhouse area. In it, the council recognised the importance of the club to the town and the need to explore options for redeveloping the Suit Direct Stadium, which the club leases from the council, but it's reaching its and the end of its life and the aim is also to come up with new community and commercial uses for the grounds to generate money other than on weekends but despite several meetings between the two Singh has said he's saddened there is little to update the fans with however the council says it's absolutely committed to working with the club and other stakeholders to deliver development Mr Singh said fans have been asking a lot of questions on the development of the stadium. I'm saddened to say that there really isn't anything in the way of an update. This is really disappointing because it was early June last year that we signed the memorandum of understanding and some seven months later, we are not any way further forward 
where we can report something substantial to our fans. I mean, Stephen Obin's just tweeted right now as we're recording as well, the fact that he's really disappointed at the urgency here. The club is primed, ready and incredibly invested in the stadium redevelopment project to make this community asset for the whole town a reality and provide football supporters a stadium for the future generations to enjoy. I mean, when I, when I look at it, there's going to always be, as we always say about these articles, two stories, two sides to a story. Now, we've been promised so many times in the past about we're going to get this redeveloped, we're going to have this work done, we're going to have that work done, and it's never come to fruition. And to be perfectly honest with you, until this article was released, and I'm not saying all the doubt in me had gone, but... I was starting to wonder, is this just another story that we've been sold once again? Um, I'm not obviously involved in anything. I'm not close to the story in terms of what exactly is going on, whether any talks have really been held with the council and what progress exactly has been made. But it is disappointing. I think everyone will agree with that. You know, there is urgent need for work being done at the Vic. Um, I think a lot of people know that, including like having seats done, things like that. But we just have to wait and wait and see what happens. I, I don't know whether you have anything to add to that. You might not. And I know you're going to touch on um, Moll's new contract potentially being negotiated at the moment. I think that's perhaps more of a pressing issue to discuss, to be honest. I think, you know, he's a player that we really need at the club a player that has fought for the shirt this season. And, and you know, he's a player that I've always rated. And he said before the season started, I'm willing to play anywhere that the gaffer wants me to in order for me to stay at the Vic. And I think that said a lot about him. He's come out and he's scored goals left, right and centre. He's impacted games. He's got assists. I think he's absolutely fantastic. So fingers crossed that, um, you know, these negotiations will end with a new contract for Moles, but I know you're going to touch on this now, so I'll, I'll let you um, get on with that. Uh, yeah, I will just touch on a tiny bit about what you were talking about. I'm not going to kind of opinionate on the subject because, like you say, it's something that has been mentioned under the IUR ownership. Um, it's frustrating because from what we've been told about the initial ideas and plans, it is an absolutely unbelievable plan i think it could benefit not just how united the community and you know the surrounding areas so like i say i'm not going to give an opinion on whether it's down to the council whether it's down to raj singh you know but hopefully maybe not during the season but maybe during the summer we can have updates and maybe have something to look forward to in the future but like you say moving on to the more pressing matter which is being revealed today and that is of course the news that there is potentially talks between Luke Molyneux and the ownership over a new contract it was tweeted today firstly by Joe Ramage I am going to read a little snippet of the article um, it says Luke Molyneux has revealed talks are ongoing with the club of extending his current stay at Hartlepool United Molyneux was speaking at today's EFL Papa John's Trophy Tour. If you don't know, the Papa John's Trophy was in town at the ground and you were able to get a photo took with the manager and Luke Molyneux himself 
with the trophy from three o'clock till six o'clock tonight. Um, but in regards to the article, um, it just goes on to say the former Sunderland man signed a one-year extension with the club last summer after helping Pills achieve promotion back to the Football League where he featured 28 times in the National League. Um, but with just a few months remaining on that contract, talks are progressing with the 23-year-old to extend his stay at the Sioux Direct Stadium. And he's mentioned a little bit himself. He said, yeah, I'd l- like to stay. Me and the gaffer have had a few talks. He told the mail, we're just waiting to hear back from higher up in the club and we will just see what happens. Monia has played a key role for Pools this season, featuring 43 times across all competitions where he has chipped in with eight goals including two in the Papa John's Trophy. Uh, I am going to leave it there. But like you've said yourself, Jack, um, Luke Molyneux, as we all know, is a massive key asset and a key cog to this Hartlepool United team. Um, His overall ability is absolutely second to none. And we've seen this season um, what he's all about. Some absolutely stunning goals in the Papa John in the league. I was worried, actually, coming into this to this season. Um, it was a he'll admit himself, I'm sure, as well probably you, Jack, um, and many other fans. It was a a really frustrating season for him last season. Um, spent a lot of time on the bench, a lot of time not even in the match day squad. And I think if you, I could be wrong. I think he started the season. I'm sure he was out with COVID as well. Um, so. The fact that he didn't start in the, the playoff final as well, he came on literally with one minute to go of extra time and then obviously scored his winning penalty. I wasn't sure at all whether or not we could maybe convince him to stay. Um, obviously, it depends what you believe, depends who you listen to, but talks were at the time that he wasn't willing to adapt to the way Dave Chalner had set poles out to play last season. But for him to come back this season in the summer with almost like a refreshed mentality and a, a new look at things and to come back into the, to the fold to summer training to say, look, I'm back and I'm ready to play in whatever position. However, I think for me it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I know he spent a little time in a couple of positions. He spent time playing alongside Bogle in a 5-3-2. But for me personally... We all know where his best position is. It is on the right-hand side of a front three in a 4-3-3. It's trademark for Luke Molyneux. We all know once he uh, gets on on the ball, cuts inside on his left foot, nine times out of ten, I think we all know it's going somewhere into that back of the net. So, yeah, I'm hoping that Luke Molyneux can get this done and hopefully that is the first of many new deals to be done. Yeah, fingers crossed. I just want to end the episode um, with Graham Lee talk, to be perfectly honest. Now, Lee is someone that I wasn't overly enthusiastic about, as I've made my opinions known on on Twitter, on the podcast, etc. I was worried about his experience, whether he was actually ready for the job, etc., etc. But he is honestly, I think he's coming out his shell as well. I think this is a big thing. You've seen a couple of his post-match interviews that he's been more, I don't know whether angry is the word, but 
he seems like he's not going to take any messing. At the start, I think he was caught up in the emotion. He was um, perhaps a little bit in that element of being a fan still, etc. But honestly, he, I think, is going to really grow with this role. You've got to give every manager time. You really have. And I think the results have spoken volumes in February. I think he's finally getting to put his stamp on the squad. His recruitment's been really solid in my opinion, from January. Um, I just think that it's important to give him the praise that he deserves at the end of this podcast because, as I've said, I had my doubts. I was a little bit, you know, we could have had Michael Flynn, all these other people. And I guess you just it just shows that you've got to give someone time. You've got to give someone a chance. And I think it's been absolutely brilliant to see him grow as a manager in the last um, period that he's been at the club. And, and also growing confidence and his assertiveness after the interviews that I see now, I see someone who's more in control of the um, whole dressing room and not someone who's caught up in the emotion of everything. I think he can progress as a club and I hope that that continues because as I've always said, and I've always maintained this, the guy is a great guy um, a real, like someone you want around the club and you want success. Um, with him so fingers crossed perhaps he'll deliver us our first trip to Wembley that would be absolutely incredible but hopefully he can really press on the lads what he wants from them how he wants to play but I, th- I just thought it was really important for me to um, give him that praise at the end of the podcast as someone who's perhaps doubted him a bit in the past um, and not being his biggest supporter I hold my hands up he's really growing into the role and he's really starting to bring some success to the club, which is fantastic to see. I don't know, um, you know, whether there's anything that you want to add on that, Davo, whether you have any additional thoughts, whether your thoughts have changed of how he is as a manager or not, but I'll pass it over to you and then I'll let you tie up the episode. Uh, I think I, um, I completely agree with you. And I think you've pretty much said, um, I was pretty, Aligned with you when I first saw the appointment. Um, I, I'm not even going to lie. I just, well, when I first saw it come through, my first thought, my first initial thought was just cheap. I thought it was unambitious. I thought you look at the, poten- the potential of other managers who were out there potentially. I just thought, well, but like yourself, I am more than man enough to hold my hands up and admit. Do you know what? I was wrong because despite a couple of rough performances and a couple of rough results at the beginning of his tenure at the club, you know, he's, he's you know, he's, he's turned things around. He, he had a good end of the year. He's gone to January. He's recruited brilliantly, like you said. He's had a great January and he's had a great February. And you can, I mean, I could be wrong, but you can, I think you're starting to see snippets of what he's trying to implement He's try. You can see his style, the way he wants the boys to play, and I am excited for the future under Graham Lee. Um, I know a lot of the lads who have came in in January on loan, but hopefully, if we can get a good bulk of these players tied down and with some good investment and some good recruitment over the summer, I am really looking forward to what next season can bring. And obviously, to mention as well, I think he deserves a lot of respect for what's going on 
away in his personal life with Gemma. Obviously, as we've known, it's come a lot, it's come very public in the last month or so about her condition and what she's going through. So for, for Graham Lee to, to have one of the most stressful jobs probably in the world, being a football manager, you know, a, a huge respect for him because he's got a hell of a lot more going on at home as well. So yeah, big respect, big respect for Graham Lee. This episode of HUFC Chat. We hope you've all enjoyed listening. You can visit our socials. We're on Twitter at HFC Chat and Hartley United News on Facebook. We are aiming to be back to producing regular content once again. So look out for another episode ahead of our big Papa John's Trophy semi-final against Rotherham next Wednesday. But in the meantime, keep the faith, back the boys, and never say die. See you in the next episode.